Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. Good morning, everyone. Just want to say good morning to all of you guys. Uh, CJ is away. He's going. He's on. CJ's on holiday. CJ's on holiday. He's going to get some much needed R and R. So I am flying solo. So you guys are all stuck with me. And uh, we're going to have Matthew Eric on later. Uh, so it's going to be uh, very good. Uh, we're looking forward to that. Uh, Zelensky right now is is pathetically begging the UN. For some uh, war crimes tribunal at the at the Hague for Vladimir Putin and the Ruskies, yeah, because there's some massacre, some war crime at Buk in the Ukraine, uh, which did not quite add up, and that whole war crime story is falling apart, especially that the Pentagon cannot find any sort of lick of evidence of Russian involvement whatsoever. I don't expect anything less than that from the mediocre criminal West that we live in. When you have debilitated, sickening minds, this is what is going on. You know, I was just uh, looking at some pretty cool things here. I apologize to the folks. I'm, you know, had a very early start to the day, a very late evening and a very early start to the day, 6 a.m. I was on international calls and, colleagues of mine in Dubai and so right now I'm just a little low energy I'm like lead little low energy Jeb I feel like low energy Jeb but I'm here I've had two cups of coffees and I got some let me see here uh, oh, here we go watch this nonsense this is from uh, Pesobic Jack Pesobic and let me see if I get it bigger now. Then you get that bigger. And let's start off with these morons in BlackRock. All right. BlackRock is going to be the new Deutsche Bank, folks. Well, behaviors are going to have to change, and this is one thing we're going to, we're asking companies. Uh, you have to force behaviors, and at BlackRock, we are forcing behaviors. Well, that was the C. We're about to force our foot up your ass, Larry Fink. CEO of BlackRock, Larry Fink, telling us how he believes his firm is job. The role of his firm isn't to make money for his investors or to, uh, you know, manage wealth properly. No, no, no. His job is to force behavior, right? And now we've got the president, the co-founder of BlackRock, coming out also saying, Rob Capito, saying, an entitled generation needs to brace for the shock of shortages and higher inflation. As experts warn, Americans will pay an extra $433 a month for basic goods this year. So understand what we're getting into. This is the highest middle class tax rate. 
tax raise that this country has seen in 40 years. That's what this inflation is. And keep in mind, the inflation is on you. The inflation is on your family. The inflation is on working families. It's not on Larry, Fl Larry Fink, right? It's not on him. It's not on BlackRock. It's not on these guys. No, 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 no. Here's the way the money printer works. I said it before. I'm going to say it again. The people who benefit the most are the people closest to the king at the expense of those who are furthest away from the throne. What does that mean? They print the money. It used to be, right, go back to France, medieval France. This is where this came up. Now, in medieval France, when they would discover a new gold mine, it wasn't the people who lived around the gold mine that benefited. No, no, no. What would happen was the people closest to the king would get access to the new gold first. Then they would use that to go out and make purchases, expensive purchases around the world, around the country. And then that would drive prices up for everybody else, for the people furthest away. But it didn't matter to the people who got the gold first because they were the ones that were driving the inflation, right? That's how inflation works. Yep. Larry Fink. He thinks his, his job in life, his call in life is to force behavior. Only a tyrant, only somebody that has a brain that is as, as putrid and as, 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 as disgusting as Larry Fink's brain would actually think something like that. My, my job is not to uh, make profits, folks. My job is to force behavior. What a tyrant. What a tyrant. And these are the woke capitalists that you see. Guys like these are not where they are because they're brutal traitors. They're wonderful at their market. Now, these are guys who are middle managers. They've got themselves in the right positions. I mean, Fink, there was a time in the 80s and 90s where, especially in the 90s and the early odds where Fink was wearing knee pads, fluffing whoever he can fluff in Wall Street in order to get to where he needs to get. And now, BlackRock is doing the Fed's dirty work and they think that they are the cat's meow. They think that they're untouchable, that they're here to force behavior. These idiots are going to find out very quick that they are very, very, very touchable. Absolutely. In fact, a lot of Western politicians are going to find out very quickly that they are very touchable. That there's nowhere they can hide. Okay? There's, they're not going to escape this. But these men think they're gods. You see, when you've been getting high off your own supply, when you've been getting high off your own supply and you've been you know thinking that fake money printed out of nowhere backed up by nothing and the phantom wealth effect you think you got power you don't have power and it's being demonstrated throughout the entire world today the world is waking up and they're waking up very quickly to the fact that the that the West does not have the power. They're waking up to the fact that there, that there is no power apart from the control of energy and food. 
There is no power apart from a physical economy. So you got these jackboots, these idiots, these morons, these paper printers who print monopoly money and they think there's something. This morning, NATO, NATO is right now scrambling for gold. Why, why is that? Well, Russia has come forward and they're pegging their currency to gold. They're playing a huge role by it. China's doing the same thing. So now in NATO, you're seeing the same thing occur. It's a great article over at our colleague, The Saker. And this is by George Vilches. Russia's new rubles for gold payment requirements for any of its goods and services will be necessarily, will necessarily prompt a major gold war between the UK and the EU, probably re resulting in NATO's first ever internal head, head-on, gloves-off confrontation. You see, folks, NATO is a broken entity. NATO only functions on paper. NATO is kind of like OPEC. They're just a loosely knit cartel on paper, but in reality, it's every man for themselves. There's no unity in NATO. I mean, I think the Russians have exposed NATO for what they are. A, a, a nobody, a know-nothing player on the, on the stage. I think the Russians have exposed the United States for what they are, just a nobody, nothing on the world stage who thinks he's a big, bad bully. After World War II, the idea was to keep Europe's gold bullion safely away from the former Soviet Union and Joseph Stalin, just in case. So decades ago, current EU member states deposited most of their gold in custody at the Bank of England in London. And now the UK will dare to weaponize the approval of EU gold repatriation requests and other gold-related issues as a very conserving, convincing bargaining tool for lots of still unfinished yet most important Brexit business. So, A, Whitehall could identify and definitely delay the EU gold delivery unless Brexit pending issues are agreed in favor of the UK. Or B, quite simply, the BOE would never would not return to such EU gold supposedly kept in custody for the past decades because it has been partially or totally sold off or loaned out or compromised, as explained below, with former UK Prime Minister James Gordon Brown, knowing about it all too well. What the hell am I talking about? Okay. What the hell is this article talking about? I'm about to get into it. Grab your seatbelts. Grab your coffees. Strap on, folks. It's about to get wild. Here we go. Several years ago, in 2012, 2013, I was out there telling people that, look, there are tons of gold that are being emptied out of London vault. This is when Gordon Brown was the prime minister. Right, Gordon Brown, and he sold off the UK's gold at below market price. I mean, it was kind of stupid. Everybody was stupefied as to why why this was happening. This is also hot on the on the heels of the London whale trade. You all remember the London whale trade from J.P. Morgan that went sideways, right? It was on the uh, on the derivative market and wound up being more, uh, literally a hundred and fifty billion dollar loss when J.P. Morgan says it's only maybe you know a couple million. And we found out later that much of the London Wales trade that went sideways was linked 
to a lot of the repatriated gold out of the EU as well as from China. And the mass sale to cover the gold, okay, was what, what, what literally selling at a rock bottom price was to raise the capital to pay off what has been lost in the BOE. I made mention that years ago. Um, and so what's happening today, okay, fast forward today, is now the Europeans realize, holy shit, you know, we've been, we've been following the Americans and the British when it comes to this model, right, of, of central banking. We've been believing the BS. And we thought that Uncle Schmuck holds the cards. And as long as we are the vassal states of Uncle Schmuck, Uncle Schmuck will take care of us. Little do they know that Uncle Schmuck has a drug habit. Little do they know that every single weekend, Uncle Schmuck is literally taking everybody's money, the family's money, and going out partying. Little do they know that he's been spending his funds on kilos of cocaine and other, other sorts of illicit drugs. Little do they know that Uncle Schmuck is, will, is pissing away the, 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 the family's fortune on drugs and hookers. And now the European Union has woken up and realized that Uncle Schmuck has no logistic plans. They realized that there is no way any sort of LNG could show up at a European port in any sort of quantity that can alleviate any sort of the stress that the European economic system is right now facing. Now they've woken up to the reality that not only is the LNG not there, but the only way that they can make the payment, which is either to buy rubles, open up an account in a Russian bank, and swap rubles, euros for rubles, in order in order to get the uh, the, uh, the 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 energy, the LNG, the natural gas, or they need to get gold. Well, they've been trying to get their gold, and now they found out that Uncle Schmuck and his little brother. His little English brother have pissed it all away on a weekend vacation. They're trying to wake up to the reality that gold's not there. They're trying to wake up to the reality that the, whatever is there is most likely gold-dipped tungsten bars. And this is getting very, very scary for Europe. And now there is an absolute scramble as they're trying to figure out, wait a minute, wait, where's all our gold? And the Germans are like, well, we got our gold back. We got it from the Federal Reserve in New York. The 34 tons that the Fed was holding. Or was it 600 tons, right? So this is the problem facing This is the problem facing the EU. If history is any guide, <clears throat> hostilities will explode in the incident. You know, when, when the whole entire thing happened with Ukraine and how many newscasters like, oh my God, we just can't believe this is happening in Europe. Oh my God. Folks, European history is a history of massive bloodshed, 
bloodshed like you would not believe. I mean, there's been more blood spilled on the European continent than any other place on God's green earth in any other point in history in God's green earth. Europe is nothing but bloodshed. And here they are waking up in 2022, notice, <laughs> realizing that, that they've all been hoodwinked. Can you imagine a group that all they've been doing is swindling each other? France swindles Germany. Germany swindles the UK. UK swindles Belgium. They're all screwing each other over. I mean, this is worse than, you know, honor among thieves. This is literally one hand screwing the other. And if history is to tell us anything, folks, is that things can go sideways very quickly. EU member states individual collectively rightfully demand yet a non-existent, fully independent, world-class, functionally detailed audit of the EU gold, which is supposedly still in custody <laughs> at the Bank of England. This should take plenty of time and is the perfect excuse for delaying the whole process, always under the exclusive preview of London, not Brussels. Or unimaginable problems would arise as soon as the EU nations require immediate repatriation of at least some of such of the theoretical bullion. If, if, if I were the EU, I'd form a line and you can get behind Venezuela. <laughs> you know, the Americans are like, look, well, we're running out of energy. We need to go ask the Venezuelans. The Venezuelans are like, you get our gold back. Uncle Schmuck calls, uh, you know, calls Uncle Benny. His little brother in the UK is, hey, Benny. Yeah, what is it? Uh, schmuck, can I help you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, you have no energy. You have no industry, just like you, just like us. We're, we're, we're both broken and solvent. But the Venezuelans that we're sanctioning, they got some oil. The thing is, <laughs> we need you to repatriate some of their gold back. Uh, right, chap. Uh, only one problem. Yeah, what's that? We've sold it all. <laughs> Oh my God! You can't write, you can't write this up. You can't make this up, folks. Number one, some of the gold could possibly slowly be returned here and there. I'll be with a great delay. Of course, that's what's going to happen if they why? Because they got to go get it now. You see, when the BOE patriated a lot of the European gold, I mean, gold was you know thirty four dollars an ounce, right? Fast forward to today. Most people don't understand this about the gold trade. Most people are like, well, you know, the more I buy, the less premium you pay. No, 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 no. It's the exact opposite. The more you buy, the more premium you pay. Why is that? Because there's something that has to do with the actual physical aspect of gold versus a paper ledger, and that's this. When you are buying 100, 200, 300, 600, 1,000 metric tons of gold, you're not only paying the you know whatever plus spot, you're paying a great deal of premium. At times, that premium could be 5, 10, 15, 20% over spot. Why? Because there is the charges and the cost for delivery. 
So the European nations who once gave the UK, the Bank of England, gold when it was at 34, now will have to pay, I don't know, $2,500, $2,700 an ounce in order to try to get that gold back. This is the this is the it's the BOE. The BOE has to figure out how to do this, how to come up with the short. So they're going to be buying gold here and there wherever they can. They're going to buy unfinished dory bars. They're going to be refining them, recasting them, and trying to resell them or or deliver them in a panic. And this is the reason why, just like when the New York Fed did this. To Germany, they were only repatriating just a few ounces at a time. Mm -hmm. No gold will be returned as if it is sold off or compromised in different ways, as explained herein. And the UK better not decide to pay Russia, even with a single gold coin, as the EU will rightly wonder who owns it. And here's the freaking problem. These idiots have amassed so much gold of other people's countries, bought and sold it, liquidated here and there. They don't know who owns what anymore. It's just like in the financial market in the United States. Nobody, folks, here's what's dangerous about our markets. Here's what's dangerous about a 35,000-point Dow. Nobody knows who owns any of the underlying assets in any of these trades. Think about that. London gold and silver markets have always been opaque without any significant reporting of transactions or positions. No data has ever been offered either on the commercial side holdings of the BOE or precise technical identification of gold custodies, let alone those belonging to EU members. As Venezuela knows too well, and the EU member states could be next, who may or may not be acknowledged as a valid claimee of anything vaulted in a threadneedle street or whereabouts is an open subject to the left to the entire discretion of the Canary Wharf masters. Not EU politicians. Same goes for the enormous unallocated gold and silver liabilities of the so-called bullion banks or any other pertinent data. And and here's the big problem. All the gold that was taken from Europe into the Bank of England and all the gold taken from Europe in in the New York Fed, they were not put into allocated, segregated. You got to have those two words. Allocated, segregated accounts. No, no, no. They were put into allocated accounts. In other words, they were just all pulled together. Nobody knows who owns what. Very recently, Germany had to wait five long years to forcefully and painfully repatriate a portion of its gold from the Bank of England and never back and never got back any of the gold bars originally deposited, which clearly explains the delay. Because they don't have it, it's been sold off. So when they get the gold bars back, they realize all the serial numbers are off. They're all different. So while the EU freezes to death and its economy stops dead in its tracks, many pending questions include A, does the BOE still have EU's bullion gold? Or has it been sold off and loaned out? as many experts insist. It's gone. Does the BOE still have all of the EU's gold bullion? It's gone. Does the EU, is the BOE willing to and immediately able to return the EU gold? It may still have left two legitimate owners? No. Who are the legitimate owners of the BOE vaulted gold after decades of European reshuffling of political borders? We'll never know. Would the ECJ decide gold ownership or the British judiciary or the BOE 
On what basis exactly? Has the BOE lent, swapped, or rehypothecated, leased, leveraged, or encumbered such bullion now lean with other many alleged legitimate claimees also stand in line with fractional unallocated synthetic bullion custodies unfit for the purpose as per digital derivative pricing schemes? Folks, this is ridiculous. What's going to happen is the EU, which right now they're broken bankrupt because they, they thought it was a wonderful idea to partner up with the, with the U.S. and the U.K. They're starting to realize that they have no energy. They have no food. And they have no gold. Think about that. They have no energy. They have no food. And they have no gold. They are in the worst possible position that any nation could be in. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And in the midst of this, the bloody bastards in the EU are looking to for more energy sanctions against Russia. I mean, you can't make this up, folks. You can't make this up. And here's where we are. The West is literally breaking. You know, I was on my call with some very, very prominent members connected to the royalty in, in Dubai, connected to the to, to basically these are wealthy Emiratis connect, connected into the higher ep, uh, echelons, and they all know what's happening. I talked to them about de-dollarization and, and the decline and the breaking of the West, and they smiled and nod their head like they've known all along. They, they weren't surprised by what I said. It's not like talking to anybody in in the U.S. and Canada and Europe, but like, hey, the West is falling apart; it's breaking, and system's over. And they look at you like you have three heads. The world has woken up, and the world's realizing that it's it, it, it the, the the entire global order has changed, and that's something that they're waking up to. The world's woken up to the fact that they, you know. I mean, Russia literally has given them the blueprint on how to beat these guys. It's incredible. President Viktor Orban won a massive, massive victory, 92%. And now I'm hearing that the Hungarian energy company, MVM, is already discussing with Gazprom the topic of paying for gas in rubles. And that was said by the Hungarian ambassador in Budapest, Ambassador Stanislav. So the Hungarians are like, we're not going along with this crap. We're not going to freeze to death. We're not. I mean, Hungary... Is the last European country standing, my friends? If you want to go to a 
good European country that's still European and still has values, you need to go to Hungary. At least not everybody's brain dead in the West. There is some hope. I don't know if you guys saw this. This was the latest fiasco out of Let me show you let me let me let me show you guys something here. This is um the vaunted Euro- Ukrainian Marines. These are actually confirmed Ukrainian Marines. The Ukrainian Marines is their finest fighting force. And here are the Ukrainian Marines, 250 plus surrendering. Along with some Azov guys. Yep. Yep. The Russian army. They're failing so terrible. Uh-huh. I mean, they're so frustrated they're committing human atrocities. Yeah. I don't know what I've been told. I don't know what I've been told. Ukraine is is mighty old. Oh, these guys. That's the latest out of out of Ukraine right there. It's unbelievable. I don't know if uh, people have seen this, but there's actually videographic evidence coming out of French foreign legions. Who have been killed by Russia. And I wish I could show you guys this video. I just have no way of of putting this up. At least I don't think I could. Yeah, there's no way of, uh, of me putting this up. Um, I would love to show you this video that I'm looking at right now. Uh, a French Foreign Legion berets and uniforms have been discovered in some uh, destroyed uh, Ukrainian uh, pers- armor personnel carriers. Remarkable to see this. Absolutely remarkable. It's incredible. Incredible. There's um what else? More and more the world is de dollarizing in a major, major, major way. Um Latin America, people don't realize how big, you know, South America is. South America is a massive market. And they are, as of now, they are, you know, a lot more countries from Brazil or Argentina. They are signing deals or in talks with um, Russia. They're in talks with China, everybody is de-dollarizing in a very, very major way, folks. The Turks are, uh, the Russians already announced that they're ready to accept the Turkish lira to pay for all the goods that will be sold to Turkey. I'm going to show you guys this, just to give you an idea of what's happening in the world. Look at this. True size of Latin America. This is why foreign back deletes divided the continent into weak separate republics. It's easier to loot. There you go. Look at this. Just to give you an idea 
of land mass and size. Look at that. Look at that. Just the land mass of the South American continent. And they're waking up. They're waking up to the reality that the King Dollar's days are numbered. Huge deal, folks. Huge, huge deal. Anyway, um, one of the things that we need to be watching for, you know, especially as this whole Ukraine situation is going to be done away with very soon. I mean, the Ukrainian force, look, 97% of the Ukrainian military is completely gone. They're broken. Um, the surrender is going to come very shortly. Zelensky's an idiot. He's a clown. And um, he needs to be brought to heel. You know? He needs to be brought to heel. Anyway, folks, uh, I don't have much of anything else happening today. Um, if there's anything you guys want to talk about or you want me to comment on, uh, feel free to uh, drop it into the comment section, the chat section, and uh, we'll uh, I'll talk about it if you guys have any questions on anything. I apologize again for the low energy, long night, long morning, lots of calls. I apologize. If you guys have any questions for me, feel free to ask. Ask away. I will wait. Mm -hmm. Oh, I got some cool riots in Peru. Anywhere else yet? Oh, I mean, oh, yes. That's great. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Texas, Tom Payne. The thing... Oh, this is ridiculous. Um, yeah, the thing with as food prices occur, I'm sorry, as food prices rise, the potentiality for Arab Spring-like revolts over the price of energy and food is going to be spreading. Okay, it's absolutely going to spread, and I'll tell you right now. This is only going to get worse. There's going to be a lot of countries that are in the second world that are going to be eviscerated, that are really going to be feeling the heat. Yes, there will be riots in America for food in Democrat-controlled cities like certain inner cities of, 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 of New York and L.A. where what's going to happen when the welfare queens who are getting, okay, who are who are getting, um, you know their their monthly food stamps? All of a sudden, the food stamps, which are a fixed income thing, cannot purchase the food that they need. They're going to literally lose their shit, man. Um, let me see who else got here. Thoughts on uh, Sri Lanka? You know what? There's a lot going on with Sri Lanka. Sri Lanka is in a bit of a an economic turmoil, some bad investments. I'm going to see how that works out with the Belt and Road. I, I think Sri Lanka will be stabilized, especially that India and Pakistan and China are going to be getting along on great terms. Those three countries will want their little brother, Sri Lanka, to 
be in good health. It actually helps the region. So the regional stability, okay, this is what the Indians and the Chinese are figuring out. If India and China is at each other's throats, you don't have regional stability. Regional stability is imperative for the, for the broader Asian economic union, which is something the U.S. knows, and this is why the U.S. is trying to create the quad and the AUKUS and the ANUS and all those other things. Okay, uh, next one we have thoughts on BTC in April. Uh, I'll tell you right now, man. Let me take a quick look at this uh, chart real real quick. Um, pull it up. I'll tell you right now. I think if BTC breaks 48,000, you can expect the next stop to be 51. If we pass 51 and go into 53, then look for 58. But I do definitely see a $50,000 breakout in BTC this month. It's and, and if you and again, if we break 51, we're going to go to 53. We break 53, then it's definitely going to go to 58. And if we break 58, then 61,000 is going to be the new return. But I think this is going to get higher. It's definitely going to get higher. Uh, this is going to be a breakout time between now and May is going to be absolutely bombastic for BTC. Um, uh, yeah, South America, there's a lot of things happening in South America. Um, and the, and the thing with South America is they are, look, they, South Americans and Latin Americans have been abused for decades because of uncle Sam, uncle Sam went in there. They set up the school of Americas. I mean, we've had, I just in central and, 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 and South America alone, we've had over, uh, close to 30 democratically elected governments overthrown by the CIA. I mean, the overthrows are just monstrous, man. It, it's ridiculous. Up and down, Central and South America. I think it was close to 30, like 20-some-odd overthrows. I, my mind is a little foggy, but it's... So the, the South Americans understand this. And the more nationalistic South America South Americans get, the more nationalistic they get with their countries, the more that they're going to want to connect with... Okay, they want to connect with the Belt and Road Initiative. They want to connect with the multipolar world. They understand that's where their future is, not this bullying bullshit of the of the rules based, uh, you know, world order. Let's see what. How long do you think you can artificially greedy machines? Has a great question here. V, how long do you think they can artificially suppress the price of fuel before it starts going back up? They instructed a thirteen percent. 30% drop here for over 100 bucks. Not much longer. Not much longer. We're heading into the summer, right? And in the summer, gas prices should be lower. And in the, in, in the trend, it's not showing that. You know, you know, a, a 10, you know, 10, 15, 20 cent move in the gas price is not much when you're still hovering way over $4 a barrel. I mean, sorry, $4 a, 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 a gallon. It is a problem. So, if they don't get a grasp on this, we are looking at a major breakout in gasoline. And I'll tell you right now, guys, $180 a barrel oil is the breaking point. At that point, you're going to start seeing the beginning phases of trucking companies shutting down because the damn fuel, fuel costs are too damn high. Then you have systemic breakdown. It's a big problem. Tika Boom has a question. What do you think will happen now that Elon Musk holds the majority shares of Twitter and any speculation on what might happen to Disney? Everyone says they are 
they are canceling their memberships. Do you think it will greatly impact their empire? Yeah, one hundred percent. Elon is going in there, and word has it in the in, in, you know from back channels. And granted, Peter Thiel and Elon are not the best of friends. They're not, but you know, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. I'm hearing rumors, and I can't verify this, so take don't take my word for it. But the rumors that I've heard in the background is that both Peter Thiel and Jack Dorsey are very um, uh, happy with what Elon is doing with uh, with Twitter, and they are helping in the background. Twitter is about to go through a purge. It's already happening now. One of the uh, main guys who's involved in the Twitter's uh, uh, you know uh, public guidelines and all that stuff it, it just quit. And you got major people quitting left and right. It's 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 incredible to see this, folks. Absolutely incredible. Um, yeah, it's a major hit. Same thing with Disney. Disney's being exposed for what they is. Nobody wants this woke crap. Okay, nobody. Unless you're a you're you're a psychopathic moron who lives in like you know New York or L.A. Nobody wants this woke nonsense. I'm looking for an ascendant uh, South American Africa positive changes for the world. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, uh, an ascendant South American, if you're a, an American man and you're, a, you're single, you're looking for a prospective uh, bride, uh, South America is not a bad place to look, my friend. So an ascendant South America works well. Um, anything going on with Kaliningrad and all those hate Russia sentiment, it surprised me that little Russian enclave can do business as usual in the middle of Europe. No, I haven't got a chance to look at Kaliningrad as of yet. I've heard Bill Holter's take on the derivatives market. Just wondering what your take on it be. It would seem that they would that it would be a big takedown of the system. The derivative market is is I got to do a program on it because a lot of guys talk about the derivative market. They, a lot of guys don't understand how the derivative market connects to the 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 the, the equities market. And a lot of people don't understand when I say that 180 to $200 barrel um, oil is a kill shot. Oil, people don't know this, is the most financialized asset on green, God's green. Oh, my God. No way. Rob passed away? Oh, my God. Wow. My condolences. I got to send a message to his family. Oh, wow, that's sad, man. I, I, oh, but do we know how he passed away? Is he just... That's wild. Wild. But, yeah, back to the derivative market. Um, rest in peace, Rob Kirby. God bless you, brother. God bless you. May you find peace, my man. God bless your family, brother. Wow. Wow. Uh yeah, real quick with the uh, with um with the uh, derivative market, then I'll answer this question on South America. With the derivative market, uh, you know, when when oil is the most financialized asset, a lot of that oil is tied into the derivative interest interest rate swap market, the IR swap market. And what happens if when the, in the IR swap markets are tied into lending, like like oil is deeply tied into a lot of the municipal lending and bond markets here in the United States. And, and when oil goes sideways, if something happens in oil, 
a reverberation will be felt throughout the derivative market, and you can see a damned implosion that 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 could occur. <clears throat> There's enough financial trickery in the system to keep it afloat, but it can keep it afloat for the next three to five years barring any sort of major unforeseen black swan event that created a larger systemic shock. But yeah, we are in uncharted territory, folks. It is pretty serious what is happening. Where in South America would you choose to live? It seems like the whole continent is a mess. Uh, Maggie Sachs is asking South America. Well, Panama is a great choice. I know that's in Central America. In South America, you, there are some very good, safe places in Brazil. Um, like, uh, you know, there's, um, uh, I forgot the name of the city. I have one of my business partners lives there. It's outside of Sao Paulo, Brazil. I'd stay clear of Rio. I'd stay clear of, uh, most of the cities in Colombia. They're very dangerous. And you got to understand folks, like when you're in South America, Central America, you got to live and operate differently. There's a lot of people that go there. They're completely oblivious. They're oblivious to their surroundings and they, you know, they get, they, they pay for it by either getting mugged, you know, mugged or robbed or whatever. Okay, or even killed. When you're operating in, in Central and South America, you have to be aware of your surroundings. You know, you don't go to sketchy areas. You don't walk down dark alleys. You don't go out to areas at night, this, that, and the other, and be careful of, of all sorts of catfishing schemes that occur with, you know, South American women who are connected to organized crime who lure American businessmen into the, into, you know, into the area to be robbed or killed or have all sorts of or, or defrauded on various business schemes. But in terms of where I would, I mean, you, you know, Uruguay is great. Argentina is great. Argentina is a great place. Government is completely corrupt, which is great because you can pay everybody off and live a, a fantastic life. Uh, Uruguay is fine. Paraguay is, is too primitive for me. Uh, Brazil, there's some spots. I mean, if you Google it, let me see if I can find it here. Uh, there's a city in Brazil. Uh, let's see if it's. Yeah, Bilo Horizonte. That's what it is. Bilo Horizonte is extremely, extremely safe place in Brazil. Uh, Pamas, okay, Pamas is absolutely a wonderful place uh, in Brazil. And um, uh, Florianopolis is another one. There, there's some good spots in Brazil for sure. Uh, other places in the world I like to live. I like to. I honestly look. I I, I like to live in 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 first world Muslim countries are not a bad choice like like UAE, like Dubai, Abu Dhabi. Phenomenal places. Phenomenal places. Very safe. You don't got to worry about it. And there's a good deal of diversity there and you won't run into debauchery. You're not, you don't, you're not going to see debauchery in the streets like here, what you see in the United States. And, it's a, and, and you know, it's one of those countries. And anybody tell you this, you can go to sleep, you know, on a park bench in, in, in Dubai or Abu Dhabi or Qatar with a million dollars on your lap, you wake up in the morning, you, that million dollars is still there. You won't be touched. It's the way it is. I mean, I have family that live there. And, dude, I mean, you know, you have your Porsche 911 GT3. You have your, you know, four, you know, your Ferrari F8 Tributo. You know, you leave your keys in the car. Uh, <laughs> you walk away. Your car's still there, man. No one's taking it. You don't have those random acts of violence that we have in the West, you know. And uh, that's a big thing there. Okay, let me see what else we got here. Uh, Rob is oh man, sorry to hear that man. It's terrible what happened to Rob Kirby. Uh, how the recent crap on Nut TV. Hey, Crypto Cowboys in the house. 
he's uh, it's marketing. It's what people want to see. Since he said that, I've heard the same line from several woke people all over the place. I love crypto. He's funny. Yeah, sad about Rob. Oh, get out of here! You you sure they put Rob on a vent? Wow, I gotta look into that. Okay, Dave Janda has done tribute to Rob. Wow. Panama, Brazil, Argentina. Hey, Texas Tom Payne said the same thing. Got a close friend and wouldn't come back. Yeah, brother, let me tell you, man, I got a business partner in Brazil, and you could I couldn't pay him to come back here. And he's American. <laughs> I couldn't pay him. I couldn't pay him. Um yeah, just like Detroit. But how uh, solving the power issue. Yeah, I mean, look at this. Green, you hit the nail on the head. I got a kick out of Boris Johnson's comments about solving their power issue by building near nuclear power stations and to offset their carbon footprint. And anybody who has a brain will know that nuclear power plants don't have a carbon footprint. They're like carbon neutral, right? Building triple the amount of windmill, uh, wind turbines and solar panels. <laughs> Most of us with what, mate? <laughs> exactly. Oh, these people are idiots. These are lawyers. These are not engineers or scientists. That's the problem with the West. Yep, pickpockets. Again, that, that's that random random stuff right there, right? Panama Canals. Yeah, Panama is just uh, like that. Uh, I've been to New York Exchange about 16 years ago, luckily, with a boyfriend and friends. And bad one from okay. Oh, yeah, CJ's okay. He's on vacation. He is in Florida. He is in sunny Florida, enjoying the weather. Enjoying the weather. Let me see if I can pull, pull up some stuff for you guys here. Let's have some fun here. Let me, let me see if I can do this. You know, this is a comment that was, uh, I was making over here. Um, let me see here. Yeah, this is uh, this is. Let's see if I could. This is this is uh, this is funny. Hold on, let me let me pull it up. God dang it, man! I mean, here's the point. This is uh, Andrew Tate, and uh, people don't know who Andrew Tate is. Guy's a, a former world kickboxing champion. Uh, his dad is actually an Indiana native, former chess champion. And when his father passed away, his mother and his uh, siblings moved back to the UK, and you know he became a fighter and whatnot. Uh, this is him on the uh, Fit and Fresh podcast, and it's hilarious. But th this is uh, uh, gives you an idea of what I'm talking about here. And I'm not like, nor is he advocating this, but here's here's an idea, right? Just just look at it from a, I think I played this already, right? Yeah, I did. I did play this already where he was talking about, you know, being in like a first world Muslim country, you're going to have none of the random violence or the problems that we have here. Looking for property in Florida. Um, Anyway, guys, you have uh, any other questions for me? Oh, wait, let me let me play this. So we're we're discussing about civility, right? Let me 
you know, I'm going to play the tape thing. It's a minute 57. Then I'm going to show you a, a clip from the U.S. And let's let's do a, 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 a little compare and contrast here, right? This is going to be great. This is this is hilarious. You guys probably seen this, but I want to play this again, so you guys could. Uh, this is Andrew Tate. He's a multi-millionaire. Here we go. Feminism, Islam will fix it. <laughs> if you have a problem with your wife not obeying you, Islam will fix it. Islam fixes a lot of the problems that men are currently facing. Yeah. The problems we're discussing on this show, Islam yeah. fi fixes all of them, mm. right? That's the first thing about Islam. And I'm not a Muslim, right? If I had to choose a religion, I would, because I live in an Orthodox Christian country, I go to the Orthodox Christian church. I donate $20,000 a month to the church in the country okay. I live in. The church, okay. the church in Romania is very powerful, and I like having church friends. So mm. I give them a lot of money, right? Mm -hmm. So I would guess I'm an Orthodox Christian. But if I had to bet on one religion as if I were betting on the stock market for the future, have to bet on his mom. Mm. All right, hold on. Let me find a better one that has the volume. This is like key. Um, I'll find it here. Wait one second. 